I do want the people on the podcast to know that we are we moved into our new facility last week. We are trying to get all the bugs worked out. We're going to have a grand opening on November 7th. So wherever you're at, if you want to come and you want to be a part of that, we would love to have you. Um, the last few weeks, I have been teaching on the Beatitudes. Essentially, I was teaching on the Beatitudes, and I wanted to, I called it Jesus culture. And the reason why I called it Jesus culture is because what happened was Jesus was standing in front of a multitude of people. And most of these people were poor and destitute. You know, most of these people had never had their sins forgiven of them by sacrifice. And most of these people were the, were the underclass, not even the low class. They couldn't even afford, they couldn't afford anything. Like if you'd went to the temple and they said, hey, I'd sinned, I have a sin that I need to get rid of. Then what would happen is, is that they would say, okay, especially in the uh, Herod's temple, you'd have to go buy a dove or buy a goat or, or not a goat, but a lamb from, from Herod's you know, people because those were the blessed ones. And see, Jesus was talking to these marginalized folks. And He was telling them, He said, you know what? He said, I want you to understand something about what I'm trying to do. I'm going to bring about a new system. Because this system has been corrupted by man. And number one, the system was never designed... I mean, the temple and everything else was a temporary solution. It was a temporary solution. We were waiting for Jesus to come. And so that was the whole reason for it. But see, that's what Jesus was trying to tell these undervalued, marginalized people was that there's something better coming. There's a kingdom that is coming where you can, if you're, if you're poor in the Spirit, if you've not ever been to the temple, if you've never had anything, when you accept me, then you get a new kingdom. And see, that's what the Beatitudes was about, was going through and trying to tell these people, you have a new kingdom coming. You have a new culture that I'm going to establish in the earth. Now, we did go through, we talked about all of the, the aspects of the Beatitudes. As you can see up here, um, I have, um, you know, I have some, some description about what blessed was here. And blessed in the Greek was meerios. And it basically meant happy, content, euphoric. And we get the Beatitudes because in uh, 63 BC, there was a Roman philosopher, Cicero. Cicero actually coined this, this thing called Beata. And so in the Latin, this thing called Beata was a was an attitude. I, I, I called it last week. I said, Jesus was starting his TikTok channel. He was coming out and he was saying, hey, guys, I'm going to start using some lingo that y'all might understand. I'm going to talk about the Beatitudes, the, the Beatitudes that y'all have heard about. So he was using cultural references. Why would he do this? Well, there was Romans listening. 
There was Jews listening. There was all these people and they were, they're all clamoring to understand, is there something that I can have a relationship with God for? And so the Beatitudes, they came from this, from, from, from this idealism that Jesus was trying to propagate out to the people and say, hold on guys, wait just a second. Something better is coming. <coughs> Excuse me. So let, let me just say this. We went through all of these. If, if you want to know more about that, please go to our website. Go, to, go and look up uh, Identity Church. I had a whole like five weeks of teaching on that. And I'm not going to rehash every bit of that. What we're going to do is we're going to shift gears into the other blessed. So we had blessed here that Jesus was using, which was the Beatitudes, which had to do with happiness, being content, being euphoric. And that's what it was in the Greek and in the, the Latin. <coughs> Excuse me. But we're going to talk about the other blessed. See, the other blessed is this eulogia. And it's where we get the word eulogy. It's, it's the same idealism. Oh, thank you very much. Uh, it's the same idealism that we have for when we're going to go eulogize somebody. So if we have somebody that passed away and we go talk about all the great things that they did. See, eulogy is, is this word and it means to speak well of, an adoration, to express benefits. You know, I've... I've not been ministering very long, but I talked to some ministers and they basically have told me that there are people they know were not saved and they have to go and do their, do their funeral and they're up there dancing around the fact that these people are burning in hell. Okay? Now, that's never fun. That's never a, a fun thing. So their eulogy kind of looks like all of the all the things that are like wood, hay, and stubble. It's, what did you do in your life? Oh, well, he donated to a burn hospital. Well, that's burned up. That's wood, hay, and stubble. What did he do through Jesus is what a real eulogy was described for. It was, what can I say about the person that they actually affected someone's life? You know, when I pass away, the greatest thing that I want somebody to say about me is that he was a good father and that he put into his kids and that his kids will put into their kids. That is my, if I die, people, please, please go and tell the person that is doing my eulogy to bring my kids because I just want them to be brought up and I want, I want people to see them because I am doing everything for them to make sure that they are the next generation. I'm not trying to build up my own kingdom. I'm trying to put into this next generation because we have none outside of that. There's nothing else that we can do. You know what? Every single person in here, even though you don't have a parent or, or even though you don't have, maybe have kids that are smaller, you know what? I want to be a father number two. I want to be a, a father figure to Harper Grace and to all the kids that come in here. I actually am 
Harper Grace's godfather. So that's one of the awesome things, is I get to be the godfather and also get to pastor her. That's awesome. But see, that's what a eulogy really should be, is when people say, you know what, Jack Cornelius, you put into your kids, and they put into the next generation. That's what a true eulogy is. So we have these two different blessed, and, and they are. They're different words. Uh, the English language versus the Greek language is so far, I mean, the Greek language has just so many more words, so many more things to describe what is happening. So anyway, I want to let you know about this other blessed, this eulogia. In Ephesians chapter 1, if you have your Bibles, turn to, to chapter 1, verses 3 through 6. And I have it on the screen, so if you, if you want to follow along on the screens. Um, verse 3 of Ephesians chapter 1 says, Blessed, it's this word eulogia, it says, Blessed be the God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing, that means the Spirit of God, the actual Spirit of God is putting some sort of eulogy to us. Do you know that God, no matter if you're saved or not, He is trying to speak into your life. You know, there's people that are drug addicts, prostitutes. That God is still trying to speak into their lives. He has a eulogy for them where He is wanting to speak the expressed benefits of who He is into them. You know, God's not up there going, well, that John Doe, you know, he took drugs and, and he, was a, he was a bad person. Well, God doesn't say that. You know what God says? He says, he says my son went and died for his sins, I'm trying to get him to believe. See, there's, that's a eulogy right there. The eulogy is what is the express benefit of what God is trying to put into people's lives. And it says here, it says, with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus, just as He chose us in Him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before Him in love, having predestined us to adoption by the Son, by Jesus Christ to Himself, according to the good pleasure of His will. I want you to understand something. God, before the foundation of the earth, every single person that has ever lived, that ever will live, God said, I want you to be my son. He knew what was going to happen. God knew it. In fact, I want to tell you, go back in Genesis chapter 3. When, when, Adam and, when Adam and Eve messed up, he asked them a couple of questions and then he turned right around and he said this one thing. He basically said, I'm going to provide another way. He said, the seed of the woman will come and he will crush your head, talking about the serpent, talking about Satan. But see, what I want you to understand here is that God said, hey, Adam and Eve messed it up. We had direct line through Adam and Eve. 
But see, the problem is, is that Adam messed us up. Adam went and signed away our sonship. So now God was just master. But see, adoption is what God said. Hey, he may, he may have signed away your, your rights, your inheritance, your ability to do things, but I'm going to provide a way through my son, through Jesus Christ, I'm going to allow there to be an adoption. Do you know there's actually something more powerful about adoption? Do you know that in every culture in the world, if you adopt somebody, you cannot disown those kids? You know, it's legally you can't do it. Do you know why? It's because you chose those kids. Now, it's crazy to me that I could have my son and my daughter back here and I could go, I can disown you. I can do all kinds of stuff. I mean, we have abortion. We have all these other things that, that, are, that have become rights. But when it comes to adoption, it's become more powerful. It's more, it's more of, a, of a thing that's tangible for the law. It means you're bound by your decision to take on that person. You know, God's law is the same way. When God says you have been adopted, when we believe in Him, He goes, I, you may reject me, but I won't reject you. If you believe, I will bring you into the family. I will bring you in if you believe in Jesus. Because it was signed in Jesus' blood that God sees us just like He sees Jesus. That is what you need to understand is the fact that this is more powerful than what Adam had. Adam had direct contact. Adam came directly from God's breath. But you know what? We have binding, legal words and documents called the book of life. That when we accept Jesus Christ, it is written. It is there. And He can't reject us. We can reject Him. But we can't, He can't come back and say, Oh, I did away with everybody in the world because I just don't like you anymore. No. He holds Himself strong to His own Word. And it says here in verse 6, To the praise and the glory of His grace by which He made us accepted in the Beloved. Basically, you believe in Jesus, you're in the Beloved. Your identity is a son and a daughter. Your identity is a son and a daughter. You know, I have a son and a daughter right here with me. <clears throat> they can go in my house right now. They do. By the way, if you want to know, I mean, my daughter is so good at being able to go spend money and then she wants me to Vimo her. I mean, it's like, it's like an automatic. It's like, hey, Dad, I went and got gas today. Uh, here, uh, here's how much it was. And then she expects me to round it to the nearest $5 or something, too, so she gets the extra money. But, I mean, that's what I'm getting at is the fact that in the beloved, in the, in, in the Cornelius household, you know, there's an expectation that Dad's going to take care of some stuff. You know, God's not any different. God's not sitting up there going, well, I don't want to pay for Steve. I don't want, I don't want to demo Steve anything. 
<laughs> well, you know, the thing is, is that he's, he told us, he said we can go boldly into his throne room. That means we can go into his throne room, open up the refrigerator, and go eat out of his refrigerator. When his promises are true and honest, and we believe them, then we can accept them. And see, that's part of our identity, is that without inheritance, you wouldn't have anything. I mean, seriously. I mean, my dad, rich guy, I'm just going to tell you, straight up, I'm expecting lots and lots of inheritance one day. I'm just, uh, you know, but, you know, right now, I, I mean, I go get his trailer, okay, and I go pick up these chairs that we have up here, and Dad was so gracious that when the bedliner comes flying out of it on 65 Highway, he let me go run out there and get it, too. I mean, it was that. I, I, Dad says I have more favor. But, you know, the thing is, is that I ask him, I ask him, can I go get the trailer? I'm not asking him going, I hope Dad lets me use his trailer. I'm asking him because I'm saying, get ready, I'm coming to get it. I'm just being honest with you. In a good family, being in the family, being a part of the inheritance, whatever I've got, I'm going to give to my kids. Whatever I've got, I'm going to provide. And so I want you to understand that there are things that we see that have little benefit up front but that have greater meaning later on. One of the things is seeds. I mean, go look at a, a little bitty seed. I mean, my mom loves to go and plant seeds and, and do all this stuff, and then eventually all these flowers pop up, and it looks great. Me and my wife can kill them like that. But once we put a seed in the ground, it actually starts growing. But there was no benefit of a seed until you put it in the ground. See, that's what I'm trying to understand, have you understand is that when we eulogize something, we're talking about the benefit. We're not talking about the thing. Let, let me give you another example. Your dignity. Okay? I am so glad we didn't have cell phones when I was a kid that could take pictures. Because, believe me, there'd be stuff out here. I couldn't be a pastor because what would happen is they would put, they'd put it all out on the internet and I wouldn't be able to do that. I mean, right now, there's, they're probably still looking for me in Hoover when me and my cousin Chris ran over the, the bush swan that was over there at the Galleria. I mean, these are the kind of things that if they put a video on there, I'd have went to jail. Okay? But see, my dignity is something that I don't really think about. People go, ooh, let's have fun, let's go do whatever. But all of a sudden, I go past a line... Once you've lost your dignity, it's hard to get it back. You know, your name also matters because it's a part of your dignity. It's a part of who you are in our society. I mean, look at all of the politicians and all the different people that they go and they have illicit affairs or they go and do something strange or they say something or they go pull up a, a, some sort of photo of something they did back in college. And then the next thing you know, they're, they're having to resign. Their name has been destroyed. See, I want you to understand something is that 
When we're talking about the blessing, we're not just talking about the thing. We're talking about what, what it actually affects. See, because I could sit here and talk about my Christianity. Oh, I'm a Christian. But what have you done for me lately? Because if, if I just said, I'm a Christian, I'm going to sit back and I'm not going to do anything. I'm not going to put myself out there. I'm not going to tell people about Jesus. You know what? No one would be able to convict me if they started killing Christians. They'd put me up on stand and they'd go, he says he's a Christian. And they'd have people come up and go, well, he did everything I did. He acted just like I did. See, I want you to understand that your eulogy has to do more with the outcomes than it has to do with just the words and the simple things that you do. Your upbringing. Thank God for my upbringing. It basically put me where I'm at now. I had my dad and my mom. They beat my tail when I needed to be beat. They put up with my junk. But they also made me a better person. You know, at the end of the day, we are the, we're the, you know, I'm 44 years old now. So what happened 25, 30 years ago is why I'm here today. Now, there are things that can change you. There are things that can rearrange you. And, and I've had those things in my life. But I want you to understand that the things that you can't see when you're being brought up, those things are important. The little things about talking to your kids about sex and drugs and all the other things that happen in life. Don't let a school teach your kids. Don't let a school teach your grandkids. You tell them about it. Tell them the right thing because when the wrong thing is being said, they can come back to you and go, do you know what they're saying at school? Do you know what they're saying when I go down here to this certain place? See, that's what we have to do is we have to plant those seeds early. And I know I'm getting a little bit off the subject, but I want, I want to bring us back to understanding. Because we do, we have, we have two parents here that has a small child. You're planting seeds of your eulogy right now. This is, this is your eulogy is going to be sung from the rafters one way or the other. You know, if my kids were, were going to hell in a handbasket, people would be going around going, well, he didn't do a very good job as a parent. If my, if my kids were, and I'm, I'm just telling you what the world is going to do. It starts to mess with your name. Andrew Womack, I went to his Bible college. His kids did not follow the same way. Now, he's a great, he was a great parent. He was a great person. His kids went off into a different deep end. Now his kids are coming back. But he allowed them to, he allowed them because of some of the things, he was always gone. You know, what I'm trying to tell you here is that whatever your upbringing is, it's going to come back. If you had a kid that went off the deep end, they're going to come back because if you put it in them, that seed is still in there. That seed is still alive in them. You just got to keep putting the water on it. You got to keep moving. And you know, when it comes to my kids, thank God they haven't, 
you know, they haven't gotten in with bad people and they haven't done all this bad stuff. Hey, I got news for you. I'm at a point to where I don't even know if I want to send him to college. Because I've talked to people and they said, hey, I put my kid in college. They were a great Christian kid and all of a sudden they got in with the wrong crowd and now their mind's all messed up. See, I want you to understand that whatever seeds you plant in your kids, keep watering them. Keep watering them. I'm going to keep watering my kids. I mean, Kaylee, you know, you get married, you have kids. Caleb, you get married, you have kids. You're still going to have dad watering your seeds. I'm still going to come back and go, Jesus is Lord. Right is right and wrong is wrong. And love is love and I choose you. So I want, to try to, I want to try to finish this out uh, here and then we'll come back to the rest of it later. But I want, I want everybody in here to take just a second and think about the things in your life that, that you have, that God has put in your life. The people He's put in your life, the, the words He's put in your life, the, the plans He's put in your life. Because when those things came to pass and you actually started walking in them because I still remember being ADD and dyslexic and I didn't graduate high school well now I have a master's degree in computer engineering well the people that put into me was a pastor Jim McCann that said I can do all things through Christ Jesus that strengthens me those words came alive in me and you know what when they came alive in me there was a byproduct it wasn't just the words. It was the seed of those words that, that catapulted me. Within 18 months, I started getting certifications and I, I got my GED and I did all the different things that I needed to do. And I let the Lord just keep opening and opening and opening up different aspects of, our, of my life. I had people like Heather putting into me and saying, oh, we can do this. Oh, you lost your job. Oh, well, that's bad. But you know what? We're going to still get by. Dad would bring over a carton of like uh, barbecue, uh, what was it? Barbecue pork tubs. I mean, we'd be, I'd be sitting at the house and I'm calling places going, hey, y'all looking for a job. You're looking for a job. Dad would come over. He'd have this case of hot dogs. Beanie weenies basically is what we would create. And we would have macaroni. Right? And then dad would bring in tubs of this barbecue stuff that he was selling. And I still remember this. I remember him just going, you're going to find a job. You know, at the moment, it didn't seem like I was going to find a job. You know, at the moment, it didn't seem like stuff was going to happen that was going to be in my favor. But you know what? I had people that weren't going, well, you're just going to go down pretty hard. I mean, that's not a eulogy. That's not a eulogy, my friends. A eulogy is, I'm going to speak of the benefits. Because it said back up here, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. This is what the benefits are. Is that there are benefits in Jesus Christ. And you know what? Those benefits are in you and 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 you. And, you. and we all have these benefits. Guess what? Steve may be sitting here today and Caleb comes walking up to him. And Steve says something. And Caleb goes, 
You know what, man? You can do it. I believe that God's going to show you how to do it. You know what? Sometimes we just need a little bit of a eulogy encouragement. Some people need a kick in the pants. Some people, they need to actually just be told, hey, you can do it. That right there, my friends, is a part of the benefits. Being in the family is a part of the benefits. Being in the family allows me to go and say, hey, I got a problem. You know what? I have my dad. I have my, my cousins, my, my mom, my kids, my wife. I've got friends. I've got a friend every single day he sends me scripture. Do you know that the scriptures he sends me is by God? That he, and he tells me, he said, I'm praying for you, and I get a scripture, and I send you a scripture. And you know how many times I've been sitting there going, this doesn't look good. This doesn't feel good. And I don't know if I'm doing the right thing. And all of a sudden, I get a scripture from my friend, Jerome Taylor. And, he, and it just, it's exactly what I needed. Because he was giving me the benefits. You know, as, we're clo- as I'm closing us out, you know, in John 14, 26, it says, But the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance whatsoever I've said unto you. You know, that's the beauty of the benefits is that he gave us a whole stack of papers called the Word of God that has all the benefits in there. It has all of the things that we need to be able to live life. Do you know that I have to know something in order to have this understanding of the benefits? Like like I have down here, you have to have something to remember something. I mean, think about this. If I was to tell you about your benefits, but you've never read the Word, you're never, it's not, it's going to be so foreign to you that you'll have to start from that point on. It's like a seed. You know that the Word is a seed. Jesus Himself said, the Word of God is like a seed, and when it is planted, like in the ground that it grows a lot of times we have rocks that are in our ground and we go I don't believe that I don't believe that I don't believe that I don't believe that God's for me I don't believe God has benefits for me you know I was associate pastor and there was a lady that told me she goes my circumstances have been so bad in my life I cannot believe that he would be that guess what? She has a rock. Had to reach in there and say, let's let's move that rock over enough to get a seed in there at least somewhere. See, God loves you. He's for you. He's going to make a way for you. He's going to give you the opportunities that you need. He is Father. You know, I know everyone here is saved. I mean, I've talked to every single one of you. 
But you know what? There may be people that's on my podcast that's not. And so I want everybody to bow your head right now. Because there's some people that are out there that may be somewhere that says, you know what? I don't know truly who Jesus is and I've never read the Word and He couldn't bring back to my remembrance nothing because I've never heard His Word. I've never heard that He was good. I've never, ever met Him. You know what? I'm going to tell you just like this. It's very, very simple. It's very simple. If you believe, then you can receive. If you believe, then you can receive. So right now, if you're out there and you say, I want to know this Jesus that you're talking about, I want those benefits, then you say this prayer with me. Father, I love you. And I believe in you. And I believe that you sent Jesus to die for my sins and to bring me into the family as an adoption. And right now, I accept Jesus as my Lord and my Savior. If you said that simple little bitty prayer, then you just got brought into the family of God. You now have the opportunity to be able to partake into the benefits of adoption through the inheritance of Jesus Christ. Is there anybody here, in here, in the sound of my voice, that needs prayer for anything? You know, here at Identity Church, we we believe in having times where we, we believe together. It's just like the man that said, My daughter is at the brink of death. But I don't know what to do. And Jesus said, just believe. And he said, the man man said the greatest thing that could ever be said by any human being that is trying to talk to Jesus Christ. He said, Lord, help my belief. That's one of the reasons why in His Word, He says that if any two shall agree, that it shall be done for them as it is in heaven. That if any two or three shall agree, that I will be in the midst of them. It means that He made a promise. This is a part of the blessing. Blessings are not just saying, I bless you. No. Blessings are, Jesus said, I love you. I died for you. I died for your sins. I died for your health. I died for your peace. I died for every aspect. I died to give you opportunities in life. That is the blessing. So if anybody needs prayer for anything, if you need agreement for anything, if something's going on in your family, in your job, in your your finances, in, in whatever, let's get an agreement. play this song I'm going to give one more second in case anybody wants to anybody wants to have prayer and agreement